turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and we'll get into this. Mark chapter 1. And uh, today after church at 2 o'clock, never mind. I mean, I'll come back to that. Come back to that. We'll, we'll build up to that. Last week I got into this thing about denying ourselves. Jesus calling the disciples. Guys, follow me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you fishers of men. But then he said in the passage that we studied... He said, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself. He said, let him deny himself. We got into that whole I problem. Because a lot of us, it is hard to get over myself to do the work of God. It's like, I have to do what? I have to give up what? I have to give what? It's like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I just want the perks. And the Lord said, no, you got to understand. You've got to deny yourself in order to follow me. And then he said, the last part was to follow me. That is focusing on Christ. Here's the thing that you've got to understand. Pastors will let you down. Christians will let you down. Our God will never, ever let you down. That's why you have to, the disciples, he said, follow me. He said, don't look at each other. Don't look at religion. Don't look at the Pharisees. He said, guys, put your eyes right here. Let's go. And a lot of times we get off, we get discouraged, we get frustrated. We get frustrated with church, people, society, government, because we get our eyes off of following Christ. So easy. Getting into the same parallel passage, but this time Jesus is calling the disciples. I want to start and break this down. Mark chapter 1 verse 14, and and this is a passage sometimes when you're talking about following Christ, we don't start here, but I'm going to tell you why. Now after that John was put in the prison, Jesus came into him in in Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I am asking as a child of God for your help. And Lord, my heart is so big and so burdened and so excited about the vision that you've given us, Lord, for reaching people of our community. But, Lord, I know that it must start right here, from the pew, from the congregation, and from our hearts, to understand why we're going to do what we're going to do. Lord, understanding our hearts have to be in this. We have to have the right motives, the right purpose, the right vision, the right mission. Lord, it's, it can't be about us. And, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'll help us to just sink down into this study Learn and grow and help us to walk out of here with the idea of glorifying you through all that we're about to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. You know, the idea of being like Christ, so many of us would say, I am a Christian. Christian means Christ-like. This is elementary, I know, I'm telling you guys this. But it means to be Christ-like. I desire to be like Christ. That's what a follower of Jesus Christ is, or a Christian. And I, I believe all of us would say, I want that, but here... We get the heart of God when he says, hey, guys, if you're going to truly follow me, this is what it's going to take. And notice in verse 15, we're going to start off in breaking this as we're following Christ. I noticed first thing was his message. And I'm, I'm emphasizing this. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, believe the gospel. This is the message of Jesus Christ. I love how he breaks it down. He says, guys, I have good news and I've got bad news. And he starts with this bad news and he says, guys, the thing is, you've got to repent. Repent of what? You are a sinner. I'm here to tell you guys, I hate, 
I, I hate that message, but it is the gospel truth. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It's not just Baptist doctrine and Baptist preachers. It came straight out of the scripture that we have all fallen short. We live in a world of people that are lost without Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to tell you something else that you're not going to like. None of us like it. And that is the reality of hell that follows that. It's not something that we sit there and want to beat the drum about and we don't sing songs about hell. I'd rather sing when we all get to heaven. That is my heart because that's where I'm going. But may we never get it out of our minds that those that don't have what we have, they are not on their way to heaven. And that's not me being judgmental. That's just me telling the truth. There is a real hell. And in that real hell, the Bible says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. In that real hell, there is no getting out. There's no going back. There's no redos. There's no start over. There's no crying out. The Bible talked about Lazarus. He was screaming out from hell. He said, in, and in hell, in the flames, he lifted up his voice crying out. It is a real place. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not something we just talk about. It's not something that we do to scare people. It's real. But I think we've almost heard that so much that we've become callous to it. And I've got my fire insurance, I guess it is, with my salvation. And so I've kind of lost my zeal. And some of us, if we really had a glimpse of hell, it would change the motive of why we do what we do when it comes to reaching people. It's not a message people like to hear, but I promise you, if they don't hear it from us, they're not going to hear it from anywhere. They're, they're, nobody's going to tell them the truth. Even a lot of these movies coming out that are Christian-based movies, they, they even, for the sake of ratings and stuff, they, they, they skeeter, scoot around these things because they, they don't want to try to offend people. And I, and I understand what they're trying to do is for the fact of entertainment. Our job as Christians, and my job as a pastor and as a church, is not just to entertain. The Bible says in the last days they'd have itching ears. Don't tell me that. I want to feel good. I, I don't want to hear, and trust me, I don't want to hear that my children without Jesus Christ would go to hell. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear somebody saying that my grandkids, if they are not, they're not saved, and you're sitting there saying, I've got grandkids, and if they're not saved, they're going to go to hell. And you're saying, I, don't, I didn't come here to hear that. But maybe the reality of us putting that to the side is why we've lost our zeal to do what we do. We've almost become so callous to it, but the reality is people will go to hell without Jesus Christ. That is why he came to save, and that's why he came with this message. But I love how he follows the message. His message was followed up with not just repent of you are a sinner and you're lost without me. He said repent and believe the gospel. You realize that there is power in the gospel and the fact that I am saved. I'd be willing to bet that most of you are, are here today are saved because of the fact that you've encountered the gospel. It wasn't a church service. Although I've been, I, I grew up in a lot of good church services. I've heard a lot of good preachers. I've been in a lot of good youth camps and youth revivals and Christian schools and, and, and Christian movies and all that other stuff. But the thing that saved me was when I heard the gospel being preached and I knew that Jesus Christ was Lord and I needed him in my life. That is good news. And the thing is, I might not like the bad news, but I'm glad Jesus himself followed up with the good news of, hey, there is hope in light of the fact that there is hell. I don't want to lose that. And all that I do, I, I, I want on the forefront of your mind. We're getting ready. We're going to talk about our Christmas drama, what we're doing. You say, well, I came here for church. I mean, this is church. 
The church is an army of believers. We come together. This is, this is our huddle, all right? Just so you guys know. You, you guys watch football on TV? Right now, we're in a huddle. We're just going to stick our hands in. We're going to have, uh, have our talk. I'm going to tell you the truth, and we're going to say break, and then we're going to run out and do it. You would quit watching football if they said break, and they all went on the sidelines and went like, okay, yeah, this is cool. You'd quit watching. Like, play the game, guys. Play the game. Stop huddling and talking about great plays and, hey, we can really do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. No, let's do it. Let's get her done. Let's, let's understand that God has given us an incredible calling on our life, and it's not just to sit and meet and talk about it. I have the gospel. It's good news. It will reach hearts and save souls and break down walls. And for those people that sit there and say, I'm an atheist, my Bible, my God, the word of God is stronger than any mindset of an atheist. Doesn't matter. I, I love the people that say, if I went to your church, the roof would fall in. That's even, you're just provoking me to want to get you in my church to prove you wrong. You're not scaring me off. Because I know that's not true. The, the Bible says that God glories in the saints coming and people coming to know Christ. God loves us coming and bringing in the lost with us. He loves it. No roof is going to fall in. But they're not going to know that unless we bring them good news. Our Christmas drama is about one thing and one main thing. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what it is all about. Keep that number one. Keep that at the forefront of your mind, at the beginning of everything. Whether how you feel or what you want or whatever's going on, the main thing is the main thing, and that is the word of God. Compromise on this, you can count me out, you're just wasting my time. You sit there and just want to talk about this and that and sing jingle bells and go home. I, 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 I can do that at home around my fire and roast some marshmallows and have a good time. But I want to be part of something that's going to make a difference for all of eternity. That was his message. But I love his method. Jesus showed up with a plan in Mark 1.16. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, we were going straight through this passage. And he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, Casting a net into the sea, and they were fishers. Jesus said unto them, come after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. I'm going to turn you into something bigger. And he uses this parallel or this illustration of this. And he just says to the guys, he said, hey, let me take this principle. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. I love, I love this. This is... So cool, it's so practical, it's such an illustration. And Jesus was a great teacher. He was a great influencer and he spoke and gave illustrations. And sometimes I, I have felt juvenile as for the fact I asked those guys, I said, bring up some of the stuff now and we're getting ready for our Christmas drama. And I said, I, I, want, I want them to have that visual. So here, here's these guys and they were, they, they were fishermen. They had their thing, and I, I don't know the exact details of what they were doing or how they were doing it, but I do know that this is what they had. And, and the thing of what they had in their hands was the Lord comes by and he says, huh, they understand that, that, that language. They understand that principle. I, I'll use that to help connect them and understand what I am talking about with that. Guys, come here. I'm going to use you to bring people to me. I'm going to use you to go out there to the lost, wherever they're at. I don't know who they are, and those fish are all over the place. You never know what you're going to get when you're casting a net. And I tell you what, we've got to be ready for everything. 
You're, you're going to have people come through the door that are at the verge of suicide. You have people that come through the door that have been burnt by a previous church. They're, they're at wit's end. You've got teenagers now that are going through high school bullying and, and, ju- and junior high bullying. And, they, and they're pushed beyond their limits and they don't know what to do. And I tell you, Jesus said, I've got all the answers. That is the good news, the gospel. And he said, guys, I'm going to use you to pull them to me. I, Tony, a redneck from Alabama, is God's chosen method to bring people to him. Thank you. Because I am unworthy, but I am blessed. These guys were not scholars sitting there typing up stuff. They weren't there. They were just doing their good old job right there. And I love the fact that God's saying, I'm not looking for big shots with talent. I'm looking for servants that are willing to do this. What were they after? They were after fish. Those guys, their, their, their thing in the net was simply a tool or a method used to bring in the fish. Let's, let's walk through this a little bit. We first see the purpose of their method. So the, the, the simple thing is... It was nothing special about the net. The purpose of the net was to draw them in. I don't know, we could argue about this net a lot. I've got my opinions about my net, and maybe you've got your own net, and we all all like our nets to be a certain way, don't we? Because I think the net should be extra wide, and the next guy's going to think, I like smaller nets, and... I think when they do that, the nets are too loud, and sometimes the, the nets go on and on and on, and, the, and, and we've done this net for years, and we argue about the dumb net. We do. When, when I was a kid, we used to cast this color net, and now they're using this color net, and I don't know why they have to do that kind of net. It's not about the net. It's never been about the net He said, I'll make you fishers of men. It's always been about the people. And all of a sudden, we live in a day and age of church with a lot of dry, empty nets. And people will sit there and say, well, God just doesn't work that way anymore. And I, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't feel that way. And, I, I, and we, we argue about the things that are not even in the Bible. They're, they're not even in the Bible. But go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I can show you that in the Bible. But how many of us are walking around with nets that are dry bone with nothing in them to show forth with what we do? Nothing have we brought in. There was, there was a purpose. There was a purpose for this. And, and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, if you ever talk to a fisherman, have any of you, how many of you have ever gone fishing in your life? Raise your hand. All right, okay, that's probably 90% of you. We might not be one that has a Bass Pro credit card, but you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever gone into one of these places before? Uh, what's Bass Pro, what's the C one? Cabela's. I kept wanting to say Carabas. <laughs> I like Carabas better than Cabela's. <laughs> you, you have these, these places and you walk in there and you're like, Holy cow, it's just walls and walls of fishing poles and reels and rods and bobbers and colors of bobbers and shapes of bobbers and sizes of bobbers. And 
and all this other stuff. And it's, you know what I realized? Everybody has a different way of fishing. And I'll tell you, here's the bottom line. Just going to tell you guys, my way is better than your way. I don't know if you guys realize that or not, but my way is a whole lot better than your way. You're going to sit there and say, all right, I, 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 my way is better than your way. And we could sit there and fight about the way that we're doing rather than understanding it's not about that, it's about this. Now let me throw something out there while we're at it. The method will never counter the message. If you are in a place that says, we're going to use whatever net we want to use, it doesn't matter as long as we're bringing them there. If it counters God's word, it's time for you to jump ship on whatever you're doing right there. Do not ever, ever, ever counter God's word for what he said. That's not what we're talking about. But the focus of Jesus Christ when he went up to them was not about the net. It was about the purpose of them working together to use what the talents that they've gotten. And the same thing with fishing. There's, there's not two of us alike that are going to see eye to eye on everything. But the thing that we should all agree on is we need to get fish in the net. We have got to do the calling of God of being fishers of men. I love the unity of their method. Not only the purpose of their method, but they had unity. Read verse 16. Look at verse 16 with me. Simon and Andrew. Are you guys looking? I want to make sure you're looking. Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into the sea. Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into their sea. Correct or incorrect? Incorrect. Let's read it the right way. What does it actually say? Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Have you ever tried working with your brother before? Let me just, let me just testify for a minute right now. I'm kidding. I've got a great brother. And I have Dave. No. <laughs> you pray for Dave. Dave is not here today. Dave is preaching for a church planner, Ben Blackworm, that we support. Ben had to go out of town, called our church and said, I need somebody to fill my church pulpit while I'm gone. So that's where Pastor Dave is today. So I do love him. I love him. He's got some good traits, mom tells me. But... Uh, <laughs> I love this about how this passage emphasizes there was these two guys and, and, and they were there working together on the net to bring fish into the boat or the shoreline of wherever they were at. There is no way we're all going to accomplish what God's called us to do if we cannot work together. He said, well, I can't work with so-and-so. I don't, I don't like her. And we start arguing. I don't like the way she looks. And two years ago, well, it's time to get it right. It is time to get it right. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. We all have flaws. We all make mistakes. I will let you down. You'll let me down. That's the way that it is until God takes us home. But he's given us clear instructions how to get it right. Because if we're not getting it right, we're not going to accomplish anything working together. There was unity in what they were doing. The, the, The thing is, the job was much bigger than them. It was much bigger than them. It needed a team of people, and the bigger the net, the more people. Let me show you the next thing I love about verse 19. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. Although it was a good net, they had to keep working at it. 
They had to continually mend their nets to make sure that it was working for the purpose of reaching the fish. I don't know about you guys, and I've been using this as an illustration through my entire message right here. How many of you telling the truth have ever caught a fish with one of these? Raise your hand. Well, that's cool. How many of you have ever caught a fish with one of these? Oh, okay. Methods change, but the mission does not. Can I say that again? Methods change, but the mission does not change. I, I have one of these, actually. I have more than one of these. My kids have one of these. And we still go out fishing together, but we, I realize that I can go deeper and reach more fish in different ways than I could standing on the shoreline doing this. And it's not that this was wrong, because the Lord used that as an illustration, but you notice the emphasis was never, ever on this or this, but the purpose behind it. I think we sometimes get lost in why we do what we do. And I'm saying that with everything. Okay? I'm going to be honest. Our bus ministry is a very expensive ministry in our church. It is. I don't know if you guys realize this, but this year has been really hard on us. It's just a lot of expenses, a lot going into this. And you say, why do you keep doing it? Because it brings people to Christ. The, the net works, all right? Just so you guys know, it, it works. I love it. I was with Dave Drivelbus this morning. They had 42 on their bus route and all these kids coming on. It works. Don't stop mending that net. And you say it's going to break down, it's going to break. Yes, but if it's working, fix it up and keep it going because that is why we have a bus ministry. But if you get your mind off, you're going to say, you know how many of those kids scratched up those seats in that bus? And man, alive. Now there's gum in the church. And da, da, da. We can get so focused on the wrong thing that we forget why we do what we do. Why do we do what we do? Because the message, go back to the beginning. There's a real hell, there's the gospel, there is hope, there's Jesus Christ. That's why we're going to keep throwing the net, because there's a purpose behind the nets. That's why we do what we do. Jesus was very, very passionate about this. Let's not forget our purpose. And I know we live in a crazy world. I know that. Because I'm not oblivious to that. And I think we've gotten to the point where people have said, well, you just can't get fish like you used to. So what I realize is my God has not changed. His word has not changed. The power of the spirit of God dwelling inside of me has not changed. So it must be me. It's not God. We can come up with a lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. But I, I want to close with this. I'm asking you as my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm asking because I, I love you. How full is your net? When's the last time you had a fish in your net? When's the last time that you were used to bring people to Christ? When's the last time you say, well, I, I've done that and I bring people to church and they leave. The, 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 the job was just to bring them to Christ. We don't do the saving. We don't do the changing. We don't do the convicting. We do the obeying. That's our job. That, that is my job, but I'm asking you, what I, what I have found is, Pastor Tyler, would you come up here for a minute? Pastor Joe, would you come up here? 
I want you let's pretend you guys are brothers. Can you guys do that? And I want you guys to work together. I want, you, I, want, I want them to see this now, all right? We're working together doing this. And, and our, our, our job is literally just to cast this net and to pull people and things like that. But this is, this is the fear that I think. And, and all of us have our Christmas trauma, VBS, all the different things that we do. It's just, it's just a matter of getting the net. But here's what you find a lot of times is like them standing there going, well, I don't like the net. We're not always going to like the net. But let me ask you, what are you doing to get people in the net? People are dying and going to hell. Can I say that again? To hell for all eternity. And we have where we sit there and say, I don't, Joe, I don't, I don't like how you hold that net. Tyler, I think you should smile when you're holding the net. I'm done. I'm not doing the net. Because I don't like your face. <laughs> I don't like your face either. Good, get a big head. Thanks, guys. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I've got a calling on my life. And I can promise you this. The Christmas trauma that God has given us, it's nothing more than that. It's a tool. It honestly is. What, what, what changes lives is, is not even Brent dressing up like Jesus. It's not them dressing up like angels. It's, it's not all that. It's just a matter that we tell the truth of God's word through what we do. And then we extend an invitation of hope to say, come meet our Savior. That's what makes all the difference. That is the heartbeat. That is my theme. That is my focus. That is my heart.